0: look at this i got headphones on i got a mic going
1: <laughs> baby
0: if huh? only people could see you now <laughs> hey no video we've gone through this before all right, no video. all right
1: all right welcome to this commerce life this is a podcast aimed at small medium entrepreneurs focused on commerce i'm phil your host and kenny your co-host will join us as well and we're going to talk to you about the world of retail and commerce and how
0: things are changing in the world.
2: You're eating shit for chocolate? Is that what I'm I
0: hearing? Uh, <laughs> no, he asks what Amelia likes, and I like I like like I like like 70. I like I like um the dark like stuff. Mint. I'll do, you know, the giardelli. I, I like better stuff. I mean, not the lints, you know, high end anymore necessarily, but I like better chocolate. Where Amelia doesn't like chocolate as a rule, pretty much anyway. And if she does, she grabs it like an arrow bar. Really? So she would keep Wheeler you, But who, you know, and Wheeler would drop barrel bars off to the house once in a while because you know, good to keep Amelia on side because I, there's only so much damage I could do as a buyer. If my <laughs> wife likes you, you know, I'm kind of in a pickle, right? I was gonna say because
1: I i ordered um some of Sarah's chocolate. So we had uh Sarah Rusevich on a couple of episodes ago, a couple of episodes already, but um her
0: chocolate is I don't know if you listen to the podcast, Trev, but she's the one from Newfoundland. To um, yeah, she's she's an extra long
1: move from like J and J headquarters here in Toronto out to Newfoundland to a population of fifty, <laughs> okay.
0: literally, and
1: and build herself a uh, four chain, uh, you know, built from scratch, a little chocolate but, empire.
0: So she's chocolate selling
1: uh,
2: seal flipper chocolate and things like that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. She's, laughs> uh, and you know what? I, I've got a student in one of my classes that uh, is, is like she's based in Newfoundland. And she lives in Newfoundland. She couldn't stop talking about her ice cream. Couldn't stop talking about it. Doesn't live but anywhere. She does ice cream to, as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. So she, she moved like,
0: to a fifty-person town, but she doesn't live in town where there's nobody anyway. She yeah. lives on an island <laughs>
1: off
2: the yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, she had to make it so really she,
0: difficult. She's an introverted chocolate maker. Apparently. Although Mm. she did land on the main drag of town. I'm sure they get like four or five people a day on the main (laughs) road. The George Street? Yeah. Right next to all the bars. Oh Oh my God. Honestly, though. But what is a cool story? Because I don't know. It was was kind of one of those ones, you know, you come from large corporate and sound like she was crushing it. Like she's a very bright girl, obviously, uh, or bright woman. And she goes to this, like, she's not even rinky dink. I mean, like 50 people.
2: Yeah. 50 people the definition in of rinky dink. there's mean, not it's, much more rinky dink than that
0: i don't even know if it makes rinky dink i think it's
2: below rinky
1: dink is what i think so i don't <laughs> the think the scale of, rinky dink. of size rinky dink is rinky yeah, dink would be the a little rinky higher than where she's above. at <laughs> maybe
0: just rinky but, or dinky right like so you know and again rinky. so you know you're in an industry too like you know you've come from the industry like you know a, a chocolate is not it's, it's, it's typically more of a seasonal play. Yes, people eat uh, chocolate all year, but, you know, it's typically a little more seasonal, more winter months, et cetera. Well, guess what month she was closed down for most of the beginning? She's closed winter winter months, right? She has a tourist business in the summer. So she and she still sell, made a go of it. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't
2: actually sell ice cream. She's just got her chocolate left out for everybody to come and grab, and it's frozen
0: solid. I think so. <laughs> Who the hell knows? That's
1: okay. That's, that's... Anyway, she's got a
0: great little business going. It was a really cool story. I really enjoy talking to her. She was a lot of fun. It probably took
1: Kenny like 20 minutes to get over because I think the first 20 was him understand. doing that. You see that? He's just going. I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> like, so the first 20 minutes is
0: just him going. Sorry, can we come back to this for a second? Like, how many people are there? <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> I appreciate you pick location, location, location. You hit the main drag. That's fucking. That's brilliant. Yeah. But there's nobody in this town what's yeah. the difference if you're on the main drag or not it's the same same <laughs> it was, it was half the population's boating in from an island it's not even in town
1: Jeez. oh my
0: god it was great oh, great
1: story though oh, man it was it was great, great story yeah um <coughs> thanks for getting on today this is great yeah my pleasure
2: happy to well, be I had, here i had
0: to steal him from another podcast for well, like, <laughs> honestly what the hell's going on in this world
2: i don't know he grabbed me first it well, was I a serendipitous moment i've known you way longer than he has that's true you you did get mentioned though in that podcast well, i brought I'm you sure up i hope
0: so for trying <laughs> to love what the hey, hell
1: what, what are you on another podcast without me what the hell's
0: going on man well i did a podcast first then i found what um kenny gets around he's from trail man that's what hey, happens Kenny's. Big, uh yeah, that's not rinky dink either, right? Eh? That was that's, that was way bigger than rinky that dink. That qualifies as rinky dink. <laughs> no, that was a step above rinky dink for sure. Rusty
2: You're dink anyway. Rinky
0: dink plus. <laughs> we have that in common. I, I uh,
2: grew up in trail too for eight whole years. Now I have a superflu- superfluous what? third
0: nipple. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank, God, thank God we're still alive. But you know, we're, we're definitely grounded because there's enough lead in us. We can't go anywhere except Absolutely. down. Absolutely. That's why we're so heavy. What years were you in trail?
2: Uh, 1974 to 1981. You're, you're My prime up. years. I'm How 46. So I was little. Yeah, you're way younger. Young. I was there till so grade two. Sunningdale yeah. Elementary is proud
0: of me. That's hilarious. I think I took Amelia through Sunningdale for the first time last year. My mom and dad haven't lived in trail in five years. We went back to see somebody. And I think I finally took it through Sunningdale. It's just gotten actually very cute. It was cute then, but it's actually, the trail's actually cleaned up a lot. It's actually kind of a sweet little town now.
2: Hmm. It's, uh, I, I thought my address was three, six, five, uh, Hazelwood drive for my entire life. And then I went on Google earth one day to actually see where my house was. And I realized that I've had the wrong street name and the wrong, uh, wrong number for <laughs> like 43
0: years. Uh, so yeah,
2: so, awesome. revisionist
0: history. <laughs> okay. You can do a podcast on that. I hear there's one out there called exactly yeah, that. It's all it good. It's really good. Actually. Exactly. like that. <laughs> no, he's actually, he's interesting too. Right. I mean, that's, I like yeah, that. He's pretty interesting. Awesome.
2: Well-researched guy. Yeah. I was expecting your theme song to be that journey song, but uh, the uh, the life mm-hmm. under the big top. I can't remember yeah, the name yeah. of the actual song, but wow. this business life,
0: something like oh, that. Oh yeah, that would be That's yeah. what I was expecting.
2: I was Bills expecting you to be Bills singing acapella.
0: <laughs> no, no shit, buddy. That's look. these faces are only meant for this, <laughs> meant for, for audio, <laughs> and these voices are <laughs> me, not meant for singing. Maybe his, not definitely not mine. No, no, not mine either. Not Any, mine either.
1: We should sing a theme. I like this
0: idea. Do you sing a theme song. What do you sing about? Come on, it'd be great. Okay. Well, make it up and then uh, we'll look at it. I'm not, <laughs> not going to promise shit. I mean, until I know what the hell we're singing, I'm not singing nothing.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love so it. We got
0: this far. I'm pretty happy we even do this. What are you kidding me? Come on. I, I
2: know. I know. I know. I'm
0: shy, you know, constantly improving,
1: constantly improving. Shy's yeah. never been a word I've associated with you. No, me neither.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm a, I can be a quasi introvert ish, I think. When you don't want to talk to people, (laughs) which lately has been a lot. (laughs) You bring me no value. So now
0: I'm an introvert. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't sound nice at all. Oh my God, Trevor. I'm not that bad. No, maybe not. Maybe that's a fair comment. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a little harsh. (laughs) Maybe I don't want to talk to you this moment because you're providing no value, but not in general. (laughs) Oh my God. So we
1: we have Trevor Baker on. Thank you for joining us.
2: Hey, my pleasure. Happy to be here. For my second
0: podcast, of yeah, curious. you're on a man. You've been. This is the second podcast <laughs> yeah. of this month. Yeah, I'm an old hand now. I'm well practiced. Oh my god,
1: I like it. I like it. I like it. This is amazing. Still don't <laughs> know what
0: I'm talking about, but I'll do my best. <laughs> you know what? Nor do we. I just, you know what? I just felt really slighted that you weren't on our podcast first. So I didn't give a shit if you talked about anything. I just figured, you know, he's got to be on ours too.
2: You're you're filling my heart with joy here because it <laughs> makes me feel like I'm wanted by somebody. So this is you great. are totally wanted. <laughs> you are totally wanted.
0: So, I've known Trevor, I think it's got to yeah. be close to 20 years. At least 2002 ish. So, 20 years, right? That's yeah. 20, right? What are we in, 2021? 20, yeah, tw- about yeah. 20 years. We'll round up. We'll round up. We'll round up. Yeah. So, I was his buyer for the first little bit. I don't think it was massively thrilling for him. It was a bad
2: uh, first experience. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah. I just, discontin- <laughs> what, uh, what was the line? Skin to
2: skin. T- uh, t- it no? was uh, Edge and Skin t- Shave Gels. And, so, I discontinued those. Uh, you discontinued him on my first call, and so I was actually that was not, say, That's not true.
0: That's not the I, first call.
2: It was my first call. It's my no, first ever call. No, that bullshit. was my first convention oh, experience. Fuck,
0: you're full of shit. That must <laughs> no, be the second or third. This call. is not a word of a lie. <laughs> oh,
2: that's terrible. Yeah, I almost. Feel I was. Uh, I had to call my boss after that, and that was a really <laughs> tough one. She's like, God, Kenny, he's a, he's yeah. You treat him well." <laughs> i edited the last part for you yeah it's radio. okay i assume that <laughs> anyway i don't know what but the CRTC we still talked to each these things so we still yeah, talked we, we coin, still we... talked
0: all through that time even while you were still in billy then you left for a little sabbatical or whatever the hell you did we'll then see. you came back on the drug side with roche no, yeah roche, with roche called with on roche. roche so then we got to see each other down at the pharmacy conferences etc because i'm still buying otc and vitamins yep. and then so we kept did. in touch over the years through the food execs club etc
2: Philly kept uh, me in close contact. I think she put us on the same boat for fishing one time, and you got some good pictures of dolphins doing backflips. Oh, we had some great. That was right.
0: That's right. That was a good day out. That was actually a really good day out. I forgot about that. That was right. That was with you. We got some wicked pictures of dolphins. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: you had like dolphins doing the crossover. Just right, you know, uh, it's
1: like the Top Gun scene
0: where they're they're inverted
1: on a fishing trip. That's right. What were you drinking on the fishing trip? <laughs> i don't know, usually a
0: bottle of baileys was on a
2: boat at least that yeah Probably maybe some other stuff too. Wine.
1: <laughs> look it looks exactly like the one of the national geographic when the <laughs> that
0: yes. was, fine. yeah whatever it's like this <laughs> you know what that's jealousy that's all that is you can't yeah, have the fact that we actually jealousy. saw dolphins. You're on no, a we did. trip for work anyway in our old later. london drugs days we did those fishing trips then trevor left the industry and started working with uh it was McDonald was it McDonald's something at that time or it was yeah. just McDonald uh, um...
2: yeah McDonald's search group
0: Okay. That was what it was. Right? What the, yeah. You guys haven't, you haven't added any extra names behind it, right? It's still McDonald's search.
2: Just McDonald's search group. Yeah, we, uh, no other names added to the title anyways, but there's lots of names added to the roster. We've got almost 20 people across the country now. When oh, I started, shit. there was three of us. Yeah, so now we've uh, wow. got offices all the way out to uh, Halifax and Moncton. Nothing for your ice cream lady, though, in, uh, in Not Newfoundland. Yet. So we'll there's get a their a town window. of 50 yeah.
0: people. <laughs> they need a recruiter. I yeah. hear there's land. There's room. That's easy pay. networking. I could cover that town in a day. Exactly. And you get try. <laughs> that an ice cream throughout the oh, time of season. It ice Perfect. Cream. So Trevor is on because I thought it'd be cool for uh, people if you're looking to expand in your company, or even if you're just look for, looking for maybe tips and tricks on networking because the guy's building at that as well. But I thought it'd be interesting, Trevor, just to talk about first who you are, what you do, yeah. um, and then where the conversation goes, where the conversation goes. But I do think it's pretty cool. Um, the service you provide and I think there's a lot of people who listen to us that are in that smaller side they're not there's lots of onesies and twosies but there are those people in that 15 20 25 group who are now starting to think you know what we're going to hit the ceiling if we don't start grabbing um, people maybe potentially more qualified or have had other experiences and that's definitively where you would come into the picture and provide that type of service so I'll let you describe who you are and what you do and uh, we'll go from there
2: Well, thank you for that. Yeah, no, it's a real, real pleasure to be here, guys. Um, yeah, I'm a problem solver. It's probably the best way to describe what I do. It's uh, People have an experience with recruiting where it's kind of like, hey, I need to get this job filled. Who do you have? And it's kind of moving you know, one warm body into another position and fill in the role. But uh, I kind of look at it a little bit differently in that there's companies out there that don't necessarily have an HR department or know what they need to solve in terms of hiring somebody or even how to go about doing it. So I come in and figure out what it is they need and then help them to marshal the right individuals in that can, uh, can solve a problem for them. So it's my favorite job that I've had out of all the jobs uh, calling on you included well, in that. Less that of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one, I'll take that one out. Yeah, but, that uh, It's a, it's a fun one because you get to be 30,000 feet on a whole lot of organizations as they go through their, uh, the, the development of their businesses and how they uh, grow the organization and their sales and their people and without good people in the companies, you can't truly grow the organization effectively so uh it's a lot of fun to just kind of take a look at everybody's situation and then help them to improve it by bringing in strategic resources wherever they need it
0: right Mm -hmm. bums right seats exactly exactly yeah Yeah, so you guys actually do more on a a consultative it's it's, it's almost like you guys not i mean a a typical i guess what probably most of us think is recruit is what you sort of describe is you know you're looking for you know i think most people think of a temp fill or if not that, it's, you know what, I have something, you're going to go, you phone somebody, they got a list of 12 people, okay, send me three candidates and we'll figure it out. Where you guys are actually really going at it a, a little, um, a little more in depth, like you're actually yeah. <clears throat> trying to figure out what what works.
2: Yeah, you know how you get that person, that one person in organizations who's kind of like the special projects person who gets all the stuff that nobody really truly understands how to do. And they go and they look for the special projects person, that person kind of takes care of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, like Phil, Phil over there. So um, I'm that guy to a lot of companies. So people will call me up and ask me all kinds of crazy things about their business and how they can improve it. And the, whatever the talent I guess I have is that I've got all these weird experiences from other people's companies that Mm -hmm. I can kind of bring in as case study examples to help figure things out. So moving people through organizations is, is definitely the biggest part of what I do, but the coaching organizations on how to be successful with those people once they get them is, is definitely the second thing that I do. And it's arguably the most fun part of it because you can, you can see the tangible benefits of those individuals going into the organization, manifesting into something that makes the money or sells a product or provides a service. And it's pretty cool. So I've been involved in, uh, Compensation plans, bonus plans, commission structures. I've done oh, some, really? uh, you know, drafting up uh, corporate, like all their uh, HR protocols and things. And they're um, just everything that makes the company run from an operational standpoint. It provided a lot of value in, in terms of putting that stuff together. Um, and so that's all been on top of just getting good people into organizations.
0: So that's McDonald's sort of um, uh, business model is you're, just, you're not just in recruiting at all anymore. Like you're well, actually...
2: The profit model is recruiting. We only well, make for money sure. on I that. Get that. The other stuff is all part
0: of the service offering that we yeah, provide. Right. As as but a, that also consultant. brings people back 12 times <clears throat> on the next 12 recruitments. Exactly. Yeah. So. so
2: everybody that works in our organization, this is different from from most of the recruitment companies out there. Everybody in our organization comes from the industry that they recruit in. So we speak the same language. So if you ask me about, you know, if, if you want to talk about co-op spend and O&A. Uh, And you need somebody who can maximize that for Kenny's desk, then I can go and find a guy who's willing to turn out their pockets for you to get you what you need. And I understand the language of that, what the kind of the the, the things that need to be done and and the language that needs to be spoken to find that kind of person and, and put those two people together. Uh, if you don't understand the language, you're not going to be able to communicate with the people you need to find. And that's when you just end up getting recruiters who post a job and they take whatever happens to come in or they kind of recognize yeah. this guy. this guy might be okay, or that girl could be your right fit. Yeah. And they just pray, just pray that the right person goes into the mix and then they get hired and they get their commission out of it, uh, which is way too common. Uh, but that makes my competitive set uh, pretty easy to compete with. So, we so I'm assuming the other part value. really is
0: the norm where it's truly used as a um, I you fill a fill a spot. Yeah, and that's absolutely all they're doing. They're not really
2: nothing more than that, and and they they want to be a part of that as little as possible. They're kind of like real estate agents. If they can get I was the going posting to say like real estate, yeah, if they get the posting for the job, they can go out there and they can find a bunch of people, and somebody's going to get the job if they can keep right. it long enough to, to do it before the company does it themselves. Yeah, right. that's most recruiters' model, um, and that's really a low value added model, and it doesn't offer much reason to use it other than they just don't have the time or the capacity to do it themselves so the real value comes into hey what can we do to help you make more money off of this particular hire and i think i think the other
1: i think the other piece that you have can't be understated either i've kind of played that role in lots of organizations i've been at and um i think i'm like I think, I don't know, you tell me, but I, I feel like I was really hard on the organizations I work for because I I love learning things and I love kind of being um, stuck in places where nobody wants them. But it means that I ask a lot of the organization too is because after I learn a whole bunch of crap, I'm, I'm ready to move on. The organization is just catching up to like, hey, this guy can do all these different things. Like we should leave him where he is for a little bit longer. And I'm the kind of guy that literally goes, <laughs> I, it's time, like what, what, you know, and it makes them crazy, right? Like I remember having this conversation with um, the director I reported to many, many years later, and he was like, you're such a pain in the ass, right? Because every time we'd move you to a spot, we'd expect you to be there like 18 months to learn the job, you'd do it in nine And the other nine you you'd spend threatening us that you'd run away because you got bored at doing what you did. Right. So I, I feel like finding people for these jobs is one challenge. And then two is teaching organizations how to keep them. Right.
2: Absolutely. There used to be a lot more of a structure in organizations that they created a progression plan and, uh, you know one of the things that you go through when you're when you're a kid is you go through school and you got grade one grade two grade three and you go all the way yeah. through the grades and you hit university and you go through four years of that then you might do a graduate degree or whatever but there's a real clear delineation right. to, to what you go through <laughs> as you continue that process and you don't get that in your career unless you work with an organization that kind of sets up that structure right. and says these are the competencies you got to demonstrate to go to that next level and then you can kind of check them off um, that used to be pretty common and then it kind of disappeared and it's particularly vanished on the West coast here because you have so many jobs that are affiliated with a Toronto or Montreal head office or an American head office. And there's just no infrastructure here for those individuals to move up through organizations. And you just saw this basic, you know, exodus of opportunity for consumer products professionals Mm -hmm. in this city to do that. So if you go into a role, they might want you to stick around for five or six years to just kind of take care of that role and become a subject matter expert in that one thing. So now you got this whole crop of millennials coming in right. who can't sit still for more than five minutes without yeah. wanting a new challenge thrown at them. And they aren't going to do that. They're not going to tolerate it. So you have a, a real uh, challenge with engagement of, of candidates coming into the system and the corporate infrastructure that exists today in on the West coast. And this is in the, the consumer products context context because yeah, right. you've got folks and, you know, uh, different companies yeah, and industries different. that don't have this challenge. But for well, the different products, work differently too, though.
0: But you yeah. know as well as I do, because you know all the same people I know. You think of all the, those guys that hung on to those jobs out here, those cushy, they weren't cushy, but they were cushy, those cushy sales started jobs in CPG. And once they were gone, that was it it wasn't gonna because they probably should have been? They, they was, they, they didn't have, they were here and the offices were way over there. Oh, yeah, and the offices <clears throat> at that point just said, Well, we're not going to fill those positions anymore. There, that's it. Well, but Phil from Toronto can a, fly that's back that's and forth. The West
1: Coast thing, right? Because we lost all the office head offices. Someone would, would transfer out to the West Coast, you know, all of these big companies would go, yeah. Now, nah, I'm telling you, you know, two years, no more yeah. than two years, oh, and you're coming okay, back, man. and they're like. Sure, no problem. I'll I'll be right back. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, two happened. years. And then usually after the two years, like, nah, man. No I am here. Like I I ain't going like, you know, you I my Coast? job. I'm taking all the boxes. You want to try and kick me out? Yeah. More power in the West you, Coast. You know? Like
2: yeah. You got to, you take a uh, guy or girl out of university. They do their two years in Toronto and then they ship them out to Vancouver and say, okay, you're going to be two years doing junior accounts with yeah, right. save on foods and London yeah. drugs. Right. Yeah. And then we're going to bring you back to the big boys and you can call on whoever back east. Yeah. And then they get out here and they're 25, 26. They move into kits. They got their sweet condo. They get a dog. They meet a girl yeah. or a guy on the beach. They got yeah. their Starbucks and guess Hit what? In the hills I'm the not in moving the back. <laughs> exactly. yeah, why would you go back exactly. Golfing in
0: December in the morning? They go skiing in the afternoon. <laughs> sailing the next day exactly I'll so you layer to for.
2: you layer that onto like just you know uh Safeway leaving uh, Calgary and you just got yeah. the stuff happening out here with the consolidation of the banners there's yeah. there's you know it's a tough uh tough place to continue one career with or a career with one company mm-hmm. it's really hard to do that wow
0: but even the differences in the con- like i'm trying to figure out how 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 you even fill recruitment like that? Because I think the other challenge you have is people from the back East. I mean, prices are not necessarily cheap in Toronto, but if you want to see expensive living with not the greatest pay, come to the West Coast.
2: That's for, that's, that's for sure. You
0: know, I mean, someone in Toronto is going to make probably 30% more than they're going to make in, out here and they're probably going to pay a lot, but it's still 20, 25% less than what they pay here.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, we recruited so into now the you States try to fill too. those holes. We recruit into the States too. So we have, uh, we have salary. That. Yeah. We have salary data for down South and salary data for back East. Yes. And so Vancouver's, you know, 20 to 30% below market in both of, uh, you know, Washington state and in Toronto yeah. for the similar jobs, yeah. uh, but we're 20 to 30% below. So us typically it's the same kind of salaries, but it's in us dollars. Right. Um, so, you know, take add 20% to whatever your salary is in us
0: dollars and move to
2: Washington. Well, and then
0: add, add a 50% house difference for sure. So we have incredibly
2: high cost of living and uh, uh, for whatever reason, uh, this disparity in salaries and no jobs. So come and join the consumer product space, everybody. It's a great (laughs) place to make a career.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. But it does make, it's got to make your job interesting, which is, uh, uh, you know, wow. Uh, Yeah. I, you know, yeah, shit. That's a, that's Um, a challenge. What are people, what are
1: companies looking for these days? like what kinds of are, is it kind of all over? Are there like a certain trend of jobs or a trend of skill sets? Yeah. yeah. Or the, trend uh, of skill sets might be an even better.
2: So the, the, yeah, to answer both those questions can be summarized in a couple of key things uh, anything related to digital marketing and e-commerce and anything related to data management and insights and analytics yeah. and anything related to getting products from the, uh, warehouse to the consumer in as cheap and a quick a way possible. Right. Those are right. the three things people need to know these days. Um the days of I have great relationships are long gone. If that's yeah. all you have, you have no career left uh after whatever job you're in now. The uh the, the technical skills required to be effective are they've never been higher.
0: Has it gone that high. bad though on the relationship side? Like I mean I know it's I, I I know the answer to that but I'm curious to get a little more relationship side.
2: Yeah. Relationships are table stakes. Uh, and I ask a question, hey, what, what makes you different from your competitive set in the market? What, what do you do differently? Oh, I have great relationships. I hear that all the time and it's table stakes for people to have great relationships. If you don't have great relationships, you really shouldn't be in sales. That's just kind of a blanket rule. <laughs> you oh, have what? to have some <laughs> other, <laughs> you got to have some other uh, intangibles that you can bring to the table that help solve problems. Like that's really what it comes down right. to is, The amount of information everybody has getting thrown at them these days and the amount of access to other people's pricing and just the way the way to get products to people uh, to really truly be competitive, you have to understand how you can innovate and think a little bit differently to solve the problem for the consumer who's paying you for that product. So if you're selling something that's a commodity like my my shave cream was back in the day, you can bogo it to death, but you might have to compete with the same bogo shipped from a warehouse that somebody's running uh, in an e-commerce model they can have it show up to their front door for marginally more money if more money at all it if more money price. at all if more so,
0: money
2: yeah so how do you compete with that and that's that's where relationships mm-hmm. don't matter anymore it's it's so that's doesn't, doesn't make a difference. What makes a difference is if you can come in with a way to provide me something that I can bring to my customers that makes them want to purchase through me. So if that's a program or a way of doing business right. that I haven't thought of before or something like that, that's where it gets interesting. And well, that's not the B2B is.
0: relationship then anymore. It's the B2C. So you got to help that that business have a better relationship with their customer, not so much you having a good relationship with your mm-hmm. with your buyer or whoever the hell it is. I mean, that, exactly. that's, that's pretty much dead. So unless you can really bring that connection or help them, understand how to talk to their consumer better there's really not much for you is there
2: no not much at all
0: so that's changed quite a bit really i mean it doesn't take that long ago even up to you know five ten years ago relationships were pretty important still
2: well and they're still into stuff
0: to some degree i understand what you're saying though but you don't get in as much as you used to because you knew somebody or the relationship was there right
2: right exactly
0: right i get it yeah. The relationship doesn't
2: propel the, the business transaction forward. It just greases the wheels to make sure that when the machine starts to work, there's no squeaks. Right. That's, that's where it comes in. Right.
1: I like the, um, I like that change. I like the demand for, for digital. Um, I I'm, I'm a digital marketer, so I love that stuff. Right. So I love that companies are starting to think about leveling up and getting those skills in play.
0: Um, it's, it's nice to hear. So what happens though? So what do you find, Trev? Do you find like so if if people in our age group, you being on the young side, me being a little less than best the young, young. side, less young, <laughs> young trying to make it sound better than it is, because we're a few years apart. But somebody like, what asked me if you were 60 this week. Like, really? What the fuck man? Somebody like, who listens
1: to this podcast asked me if you're 60. So when My... that somebody hears this, Marie, and what's the
0: matter with these people? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
2: You just keep, Sorry, the, please uh,
0: continue.
2: you've got that youth, the youth filter on your zoom. So oh, you look man. much, much younger. There's no way you're
0: 60. Oh uh, yeah. I love you too. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not listening to any of you anymore. What I was going to get at smart asses is if people are coming in that 50 to 55 range where I would assume 10 years ago without massive digital skills, but good relationship skills, they were probably placeable. What happens to this group now that, has some digital skills, obviously, because they have no choice of 2021, but they may not be as um, well versed in whatever Mm -hmm. you're talking about, like in terms of what digital aspects do they need to know? Or how do they work that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And this is a, it's something that's definitely uh, the baby boomers are, are, Uh, affected by more than anyone else, the baby boomers had a real uh, gift in terms of the career opportunities that they had put in front of them and a lot of them were able to get jobs without degrees or any kind of supplemental education at all and they went into their careers and had great success. And some of them will continue to have great success because they've figured out ways to find out what they need to have on the on the road through their careers Uh, folks who go in without any kind of. um, you know, lifelong learning plan or interest or ability to upscale their, their, their skill sets are really going to be hard pressed to find any meaningful work uh, in the future, because it's just taking such a radical shift and COVID has only exacerbated that whole thing. Uh, it's such a radical shift to the, um, to the, the digital side
0: of things. Which is worrisome because when you're talking baby boomer, if you're talking baby, you know, that's 60 plus, right? Cause I'm more gen, what was it? Gen X? What are we, I was 1966. What am I, Gen X? Yeah, Gen X. Right? Yeah, right when Gen you're X? talking baby yeah, boomer, like I'm, G, on the ta- yeah. I'm on the beginning of end. Gen X, tail tail end of, of, yeah. of baby boomer. But if you're saying baby boomer, like what I would consider to baby boomer, somewhere sort of like 1960. But if you're 1960, 61, and you're in that situation, like you're in a freaking pickle. Yeah,
2: you're in a pickle. And there's been a lot of people I've talked to who've lost their jobs and then they've ended up going into stuff that would not ever have fallen into their uh, consideration of work previously, but right. they're ha- they have to, they have no choice. And uh, I've seen more and more people's resumes showing up in my inbox that are, are older individuals who've built a career in some cases, 20, 25 years with one company and they've moved up and then they just get restructured out. And I look at their resume and I'm like, you're not remotely competitive with the wow, uh, the, not, the uh, candidates that are out there. And it's, uh, it's good.
0: heartbreaking, frankly. Like, what do you tell some of this? That's, you know, wow. That's, that's shitty. I think yeah.
1: that's part of like you and I talk about it on the show all the time. Is you like and Trevor, you talked about like having a learning plan, right? Is you you gotta you know I I have a lot of you know so I'm I'm right in between the two of you. I'm I'm 48, turning 49 this year, and I have a lot of friends that you know have worked all all sorts of play. But when we start talking about simple things, um, or what I guess I would consider simple, but you know, simple things like using Google suites instead of uh, Excel and PowerPoint, or, or like switching around and different using different browsers. And when I hear, uh, they all know now not to say it around me, but but they say it, right? It's like, oh, I'm not I'm not doing that. That's all new stuff. And I, I want to use what I use. And I always tell them, like, guys, like, that's <clears throat> your number one reason why you shouldn't because that crap sneaks up on you. And then all of a sudden, it's not even trying. It's It's just you know, everyone switched, and you're not switching now. You have a problem, right? Like it's, uh, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. Yeah, to win.
2: That nails it for sure. And I do uh, some recruiting in the tech space, and so that's all programmers and, and coders yeah. and things like that. Okay. And I'll pitch them on a job, and they'll they'll look at me on the on the Zoom, and they'll point blank say, I, I don't want to do that because that's old technology. That's not current, cutting edge stuff. I'm not interested. Okay. No problem. And so we'll go yeah. through and, and try and find the right person for that job too. Yeah. But in that case, you have to find somebody who doesn't want to be leading edge uh, because those people, they definitely tend to, you know, always be upskilling themselves to become the right best on. at what they
0: do. Yeah. yeah. So, but sorry, go ahead, Phil, go, go, go.
2: I, I was just going to say
1: programmers are, are, um, those guys on the leading edge that they're, they're, they're crazy skills. I, um, when I was at hubba, we, we had, um, we had we had all these developers and and they were reading about switching from one language to another um and and during like you know uh they call stand-up meetings scrums right and so we were in the middle of a scrum like 50 minute scrum and they said okay we're, we're um so everybody go home and read this um because we're going to switch languages you know so you know in my head i'm like okay you know like a week or two we'll start transitioning over they come in the next day and they're like okay do everybody read it yeah we're good okay so we're switching <laughs> like they switch programming language you're like what the hell happened here yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we, want to talk about this
0: like should we just
1: have a meeting again or yeah yeah no no and you know but but that's how that's what they're like right like like our generation you know you you plan it out you think it through you kind of like implement these guys it's like it's like it's like downloading an app on your phone right you literally you you hit the app you download it you try (laughs) it and you either burn it or or keep it right and then it's it only stays until it's not useful anymore and then you chuck it and then you download a new app and keep going right so it's the same sort of like learning style almost that happens now is um it's kind of crazy
2: yeah it is they're kind of like in the matrix when they take that thing and shove it in their brain and then all of a sudden they know how to fly a chopper it's the same idea for the tech side yeah they they love that stuff (laughs) and that that actually is like that's a as a, if you want a key takeaway for some of the candidates listening to this is to make some kind of a plan so that you can continually be up, upskilling yourself so that you're not relying on, you know, how well, you know, Joe down the road. Like you need to be able to provide value.
0: i just, I'm trying to figure out though, I guess, try, and I'll, I'll go back to the, because I know I know a lot of these people too. I know there's a lot of um, people sort of in that mid fifties and mid sixties that have been sort of transitioned out if they didn't transition themselves out which is probably the safer way to do it as opposed to waiting for somebody, but you're providing services to your clients. your um, the people looking for recruitment. So you're going in, you're finding the right bodies and you're teaching them how to get the most out of these people, et cetera, et cetera. Are you, and I, I get the revenue stream on that side. You're not getting much on the consultative side, but realistically you've probably got a customer for the next 10 recruitments. So you guys will do fine. Nobody's going to miss a meal. Like it makes total sense. That's just smart business right? I mean, if you could monetize it, that'd be smarter, but I get it. I mean, that's just good business, right? That's solid business. That's what consultants should do. But what do you do when that person comes in and they're that 55 to 60 and they don't have, like, I mean, I'm assuming, cause I know you, you're not that person. I'm assuming you're trying to help them, but what are you suggesting these people do? Cause we may have listeners at that age too thinking, well, that's great. You just told me I'm pretty much freaking obsolete. But can I get out of obsolescence? Like, well, you know, what are you suggesting to these people? I mean, take courses? Like what? What do you?
2: Yeah, well courses are one option for sure. Um, you know, I call it the, uh, the descending wise. So I part of my commitment to lifelong learning and all the stuff like that is, uh, that I did my coaching certification. One of the reasons I did the coaching certification was specifically because of this scenario. Um, I have so many people that I'm not able to help with the clients that I work with, but are in desperate need of help. So I can't, I can't save everybody uh, right. from themselves, but I can certainly provide them some directions so that they can go out and set a plan in place for them to be able to overcome some of the adversity and hurdles that they might face Uh, so part of that is this descending wise thing and it's truly understanding why you're doing what you're doing in order to try and find out what it is you should be doing instead so you know people in their careers often find themselves by accident doing what they're doing and uh, I'm no exception I'm a recruiter kind of by accident I uh, I knew Bruce from way back and hired uh, some people through him and he placed me a few times. And then when I needed some help, he offered me a job and it's been a fantastic match since. Uh, And I've kind of come into it and it kind of worked out. But I look back on it and I realized that I wasn't really in control of most of my career. It kind of just happened and it happened to work out, which is great. But if I were to go back and do it again, I'd probably be a lot more thoughtful about how I went about doing it and trying to understand what the motivations for the things that I do and have done really were right. and so the descending wise is just asking yourself repeatedly why something's important to you so if you're trying to find a job and you're you're just endlessly running up against a stone wall of not being successful getting a job opportunity it's, it's sitting back and taking some uh an introspective look at what it is that truly motivates you and then trying to understand why you need to do something. So if you think of Simon Sinek, for example, his whole thing is starting with why Mm -hmm. it's that principle, but distilled down to the individual basis. And then once you kind of get an understanding of what it is you truly love to do and want to do and are good at, then you can start to build a bit of a plan on how you can go and find companies that might value that or skill sets that you can learn that'll help augment that or people that you can network with that might introduce you to other people who could hire you to to use that skill set. It's funny, but such no basic advice. Really,
0: it is super basic, right? but no one ever stops to think about no. that. Well, they get and to the tenth interview and they don't understand why they're not hireable. And right. you look at it and we'll think first: yeah. of, you're probably more massively qualified. Second, the, your approach. Why would anybody have hired you? Yep. Yeah, you, you didn't even. It's almost like you didn't even want the job. Like you were there for a job, not even necessarily this job. Like that shows, right. I'm assuming you're telling people when you're shows loud and clear, that's going to come through loud and clear. You're just here because you need a paycheck. Well, that wasn't necessarily what I was looking for.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can see it immediately when people are just applying for a job because they're in a desperation situation. It's like when you go to a bank to get a loan, they don't give you the loan when you need the loan. They only give you the loan when you don't need (laughs) need it. it. Yeah. And so it's the same yeah. with the job. If you need the yeah. job, you're you're guaranteed not going to get it. And if you come in reeking of desperation, you're just, yeah, it's not it's going not to work.
0: happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the
2: frustration, it may, just makes it worse because then people start blasting no out resumes with the wrong company name yeah. on it. And the cover letters miswritten or, you know, they just start so applying for jobs
0: that aren't even, <clears throat> not even, yeah, there's no relevance. I mean, you're not even going to get looked at if any, yeah. and then it's a small industry, like on the West coast. I mean, pretty soon people do start to talk. Do you get that right? Yeah. I saw that. What the hell is guy doing? Like, that's the last thing I'm assuming you need to in small, smaller communities, right? Yep, exactly.
2: Now, the caveat to that is that there's a job out there for everybody. They just have to figure out how to find it effectively exactly. and to, to not get totally bogged down in the, the, uh, the pits of despair that can come along when you're that's going through the really job search it? process. Yeah. And it is really tough. That's tough. That's tough. Um,
1: so... I um I hear the part about not being able to help everyone. And then I also hear, you know, when you're when you're trying to save people or, or get them to, you know, kind of learn new skills. Is there trying to figure out because it cause I I know what I'm gonna ask, you're gonna say, how, how am I supposed to answer that, right? Because it requires it's such a broad stroke answer. I guess I'm wondering, is there a um is there a place to start? Like so if if someone realizes, let's say it's me, right? I'm in my I'm in my late 40s. Uh, I've worked CPG most of my life, right? Um, I have decent skills dated to the last 10 years, but you know the last 10 aren't skills, right? The last 10 is more management skills and not hard skills. Is there is there some is there kind of like a common path that you recommend for folks like that? I, I feel like that's kind of our you know, that's within kind of the constituent that listens to the show, for example, but I, I, I know I'm asking you like, what door, yeah. what path do you go down? But is there kind of a common road or, or a, a way to think about this?
2: There's no one right answer for that. It, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's literally just understanding yourself and being in touch with what matters most to you and then trying to find, find a way to make that bigger. Um, there's a, I know when I was, when I was going through university and and just kind of early life, there's always this attempt to try and make everybody well-rounded, And well-rounded, you know, just means everybody's kind of homogenous in the same. So you got skills in every area and you're kind of so-so at all of them. So I I try to avoid that whole mindset of thinking. And I prefer to look at it as everybody should try and become well-lumpy. And what I mean by well-lumpy is that there's going to be stuff you totally suck at and you should just try and avoid it in general (laughs) and and let somebody else do it. And then the stuff that you're really good at, you should try and, you know, get really good at it. So if you imagine our well-rounded ball, the really good stuff is the big lump and the stuff you're crappy at is the the dip so yeah so i try to think of things as being you know how can you get well lumpy by by taking the stuff you're good at and you know amplifying it and making yourself better at it and then ditching all the shit that you're not good at because if you're not good at it, you're not
0: good at get someone no, else to do it
2: you get somebody else to take care of that let them be good at it yeah. let their lumps fill in we've your always deficits. said
0: that as entrepreneurs that's one thing entrepreneurs need to learn more than anybody
2: yeah but right, i think know, the you... education system does a disservice because it teaches everybody totally. to be average in everything
0: yeah yeah
2: so I would get rid of that thinking to start with, and then the things that you want to create the lumps out of, you go and you chase those down, and you make them the biggest lump that you can, and you become the expert in that one area, and your your specialist knowledge in that space, you can direct it towards whatever challenges you face or your clients your potential employer faces, Mm -hmm. and you bring that skill set to them so that you can be the best at it.
0: Now, just to take that, you know, again, it's going to be one of those ones, but you got the well-rounded, like a true generalist is very difficult to do anything. Uh, A lump is not lumpy. A lump, a true specialist is pretty tough too, because now you pigeonhole. So you become, so when you say lumpy, you actually mean lumpy. If there's three or four out of, you know, 10 skill sets you have, do well in the three or four. You may not be an expert in each, but be better than a generalist, but you don't have to be ultra specialist necessarily. Have you have have more than just the norm. Yeah. Right. So lumpy is really the trick, not lump.
2: lump. Definitely not round. Don't be
0: a lump. (laughs) Don't be a lump. Think of that. And don't be just a round ball. Think of that. Lumpy. Be lumpy.
2: Be lumpy. Another way of thinking of it is, uh, is the T, the HR literature talks about the T. So you have a broad, uh broad experience set across the top right. and then you got specially specialty area down the middle to make the team right. that would imply only having one lump but uh you know Unless you want to kind of have an e kind of on its side so three three See, upward ones. E. there you go you want to be an e a lumpy e we're making up um, our whole new
0: language here you know what this <laughs> is trademarkable this Trade is a markable. whole new... Trademarkable. <laughs> okay. This is a whole new level. You heard it here first, folks. Of consultative help. <laughs> Tilted ease, slanted ease, fat T's, lump, lumpy, round. Come this on. This is not one of my lumps. I'm going to leave this to you
1: and avoid much, as much of it as possible.
0: <laughs> hey, you're one of the lumps,
1: though. Because you're
0: lumpy, too. you got lots of little lumpies all over you. I'm very You're one, of, you're one of them. <laughs> I'm very lumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, though. I mean, it, yeah, it just... I think sometimes that's what it is more than anything. I guess what it is when I think recruiter, not you, because that's why I, when, when I heard you were on another podcast, I thought, shit, that's a great guy to have on because I know you and I know what you're like. And I, that's why I thought it'd be more cool. It's not recruiter, foamy, hey, I'll put a body in. I knew you guys did more cool shit. And I think that's what people need to think of when they're doing this. It's not specifically to fill a task. Think about it, man. What are you, what are you trying to do? Like, what do you want mm. out of this person? Maybe this person is the next person to run the company. Like hire, right. Shit. You never know. This person could go. I mean, this could be like the hire.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. People often put a lot more time and thought and effort into the cars are going to provide for their sales reps than they do for the the long-term strategic plan for the people and the roles they need to fill. And uh, it's a, uh, you know, there needs to be thought put to who you're going to have in your organization to make sure your organization is successful over the long time horizon.
0: See, and that's where Trevor comes in, Phil. That's where Trevor comes in. I like it.
2: So whenever <laughs> that's where my we whole decide... team not just yeah. me. I'm not. I'm, I'm. just one of many. My whole team will. No, nah, we're only going to you. No. We don't care about the rest of the team. No, cares. <laughs> Who
0: cares about the rest of the team? I um, got it. No, no, just you. You're too Not for me and Phil though, because we're quite, <laughs> we quite like our gigs. We don't want to work anymore. So we're totally on the different side of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, but but
0: that's not true too. Maybe if there's a gig
1: here and there, that's okay. But too. we are. But we are on the side where like we have clients that are still going to need to hire. Right. And that that is a real struggle. Like, like,
0: you know, well, I'm already thinking that one we mutually the share, there's all this stuff they're looking for. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, I just, maybe I should have called Trevor yeah. on a few of these.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, they, they hire a lot of these guys still hire by title. Right. And you kind of go, yeah. What, uh, what do you, you know, or everyone wants a unicorn, right? You kind of go, I, I don't understand. Like one, you're not, how do you tell a client they're not the most special business in the world, right? <laughs> everybody else has the same needs as you, right? Like, so everybody yeah. wants the same unicorn. Like, is that a- our people are
0: so different? No, 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 not really. Oh, like, no, no, is- kind of
2: all. this kind of very much the same.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, if I get uh, candidate people, always say, "I want a rock star X, whatever X is," and the X is the easy part to find. It's the rock star it's part rock star. that changes for every single client, and that's yeah. that's. Mm-hmm. That's the other half of recruitment is really understanding like what it is that makes an organization tick and how they, how they uh, conduct their business and then connecting those people together so that there's a culture fit piece there. And And you you make a rock star. Sometimes you do like uh, a recent more story I can tell you is that uh, I had a candidate who um, amazing woman she was from Paraguay. Uh, She was a uh, Fulbright scholar and she'd been in Vancouver for two years and she spent a year on MATLEAF. She said she'd applied for 20 or 30 jobs and no one had ever called her back except for me. And uh, she ended up having to fly back to Paraguay for a family emergency. I introduced her to my client. They went through their whole interview process. She beat out people who were from industry and had been five or six years in industry doing the exact job. And she got the job because her personality was amazing. She's an amazing fit culturally, and she was a super intelligent lady. So she's never worked in consumer products before. And she's so, why not she get called? She wasn't getting called because she was from Paraguay and she was you no know, resume, doesn't make sense in the yeah. Vancouver context. People here are Again. not necessarily open minded to folks from outside with outside experience. They, you know, if you that's if you, completely if you, true, if you've never heard of a Fulbright scholar you aren't probably going to know what it is. And if you've never heard of XYZ company from New York you're, and you don't bother to look it up and take the time to understand what someone's about, you're just going to pass over that resume repeatedly right. because it's not the easy person to put that's the sadder part.
0: The New York one might've got the look. You say Paraguay, then you're not getting the look, which is the sad part.
2: Right. So it's, man, it's, it's a very common. And I feel for, for new Canadians. Cause man, yeah. I talked to some amazing folks who've come into this country who have education that would, would, blow other Canadians out of the water and they get overlooked constantly because their resume shows them as having spent the last 15 years of their career somewhere else and it's criminal it's
0: criminal it's too bad you're you're losing out on a person who's got some diversity some different ways to look at the world different experiences different everything right
2: now it may not fit
0: I don't know but at least look well, yeah. on the culture fit
2: piece there could definitely be challenges Possibly. on the culture fit part like language for example they may not yeah. speak english well enough to function but take a look and that's you know a good recruiter can find those those unicorns right. and and help people get introduced to them and open-mindedness can change your entire business but if you're not even willing to look past a job title or a company or an industry set then then you're going to have some challenges
0: that's why you that's why you hire a recruiter that's why you're hired trevor <laughs> Look at the segue after segue after segue.
2: So I have a segue for you. I was trying to find something that I could bring into the conversation and show you. But uh, I I was having a conversation with my colleague down the hall who told me that uh, for a birthday card for his kids, his buddy sent him a card. And inside the card was taped two things. And those two things, he pulled one out and uh, he looked at it and he kind of thought it was a bit of a joke. This is going back several years. Those two things were two actual real life Bitcoins. And uh, I wanted to bring one in and show it to you because I know you collect coins, and uh, I can't I can't give it to you because these things have gone up to this this coin. So a Bitcoin in general is like sixty eight thousand dollars US or whatever it is right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: some stupid number.
2: So this is a legitimate Bitcoin that has the hologram in it and it's yep. got wow. the uh, it's got a, a typo on Yay. the back of the initial publishing of these coins. So this particular wow. excuse me, this particular Bitcoin is worth like a hundred grand today, and so. Yeah, no. Well, maybe, but uh, I think he wants to hang on to it. So he's got it in lockdown at uh, a ah, yeah. deposit Hello. box. Yeah. And I said, and I told him, I'm like, well, this is going to be on zoom. Like we're going to record it this way. And he's like, oh, I can't do it. It's too easy for someone to see the, the numbers on the coin. Yeah, and, them and, and And they do whatever
0: it. they do out there. You're right.
2: Yeah. Well, so I was going to bring this yeah. in and actually show it to you. Cause I thought uh, that'd be that's pretty fun. cool, man. But uh, that's he, cool. he said, no, but um, I don't so blame the, him. I don't blame him either, but I thought it was a cool story. So uh, the reason why I brought it up, though, is because... careers are kind of like coins. Sometimes you'll collect these coins and they may be valueless today, but they could grow into something super valuable tomorrow and you just might not know it yet. Right. And uh, it's uh, so the career people's careers, particularly like with the new Canadians or their new, new employees just graduated from university looking for their first job. Um, they can turn into something that's worth a lot more today. Even if they have a little wrinkle, like a spelling mistake on the back of the uh, coin uh, they might be worth more for that reason down the
0: road. You know what? Uniqueness is sometimes where the, that's you know, the money lies, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that that's a good attitude. Wow. That's again why you get people to help you uh, do things, right?
2: Absolutely. Wow,
0: Trevor, thank you for doing what this. Is. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's a lot of that fun. was good, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad yeah. you came on. That oh, was. Really uh, I yeah. feel bad that I should. I should have just assumed. I should have just asked you. I don't know why I haven't bugged you over the last year or so. But anyway, well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you came on.
2: Well, I'm a guy who kind of floats in the background a lot of the time. I don't necessarily uh, get out in front and that's by design. So uh, yeah, I wasn't knocking on your door either.
0: No, that's true too, but I didn't expect you to. I think I should have knocked on yours. That was just the nice thing to do. So, so if people
2: want to find
1: you, what's the best place to find you?
2: Uh, best way to find me is just uh, go online and check us out at uh, www.macdonaldsearchgroup.com M-A-C, Donald Search Group. And uh, you can email me at Trevor at mcdonaldsearchgroup.com. You can too. find you on
0: LinkedIn, too, I guess, if you're, if oh, you're yeah. content on LinkedIn.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm always on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my, I'm there all day, every day. So,
0: yeah, yeah just yeah, was,
2: hit me up there, and I'm happy to connect. That's,
0: that's cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll you know, eventually we did talk about, it. Was, shit I mean. wanted to talk to him about was how the process went through COVID, et cetera. So maybe we'll have you on another time. Mm-hmm. uh, later this year, once things calm down, I'm dying to see where this market goes, um, in the next yeah. six to six months to 12 months. Yeah. Like we'll see where the economy goes and everything else. So maybe we'll have you back on to see, uh, well, I'm
2: really insights. bullish on the economy. I can tell you just in a uh, real quick snapshot, of, snapshot yeah. of the last quarter, uh, since December, December was pretty good, but January one hit and the way I see it, all of the consumer goods companies that uh, don't have a food service division that dragged them down over the last yeah. year are sitting on really fat stacks of cash and they haven't filled most of their jobs through 2020. So any oh, job availability that they had has just been sitting there. So they need to spend some of that money and they're yeah. reaching out. Uh, we've had more activity in the last few months than...
0: Oh, maybe will uh, highlight true. that on uh, this one.
2: Yeah, it's been yeah. busy. So okay. this awesome. is the time. Yeah, no one's looking to move at the moment. That's the counterpoint: is that everybody's still a little reluctant to make a change because they're insecure with COVID and everything. For but, sure, uh, there's a lot of companies looking to hire. Oh, that's so interesting. That's good. Pretty to know. soon, we'll reach that inflection point where we'll that's have lots to know. of uh, individuals looking to get but back to work. Next
1: time we see Trevor, his hair is going to be like all disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> his frames will be crooked. He's like, I haven't left the office in like 18 days. There's so much to do. You know, it will be something like that.
0: That's all good. Uh, got to right keep on. those kids in sports and everything else when sports, they're allowed back yeah. in for whatever
2: you want to call this your sports i'm not sure it really was practice keep them in practice keeping them in practice same price yeah. as the sport same price as the sport exactly <laughs> yeah no no wow. tournaments though this year which was nice no, but totally uh, i'm looking forward to getting back to real life really bad
0: yeah i, I want to walk
2: i want to push my way through a crowd at uh the next boxing day sale at I, New I don't Drugs. know yeah
0: <laughs> <I'm not
2: laughs> or sure wherever we were talking uh, this morning. I think we just want to hug a few friends. To be, you know, not so too away yeah, from I, was, from I was trying to pasta. keep it consumer products really
0: retail relevant, uh, but yeah. yeah, just to get back to people, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just back to people. <laughs>
2: well, next time we do this, maybe we'll do it in real life. Yeah. Uh that'd, that'd be, be okay
0: that'd be. too. Maybe Phil will be on a plane and come down, we'll do it at the coffee bar.
1: Yeah, baby. You got it. I'd do that in a hard over a plate of pasta. Ah, that'd be awesome. That'd yeah be okay Kenny's too. like, wait, and you're never leaving. Like you just got here, like uh <laughs> <laughs> um, I said I'd come for a little, bit, I'm never leaving.
0: <laughs> That's not true. Unless you're bringing the whole fam with you're going back.
1: You're going Trevor, back. thanks for joining us. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, thanks
0: guys. buddy. I really appreciate it, man. It. Seriously, that was good. Appreciate Phil, stick yeah. around for a bit, but uh, right, Trev, Trevor, thanks. And uh, we will have you back. I'm curious yeah. to see how things go in the next yeah, yeah, fall. Sure. I look forward to it. Yeah,
2: take it, take care, buddy, boy. Take care. Thanks, man.
0: Bye. Bye. Ciao. He's Interesting, great. eh? Yeah. Well, it's again. It's sometimes you know, and, and I know people think of. I think a lot of those things, right? But yeah. I think even you know, I think it's. I mean, I'm surprised the service, I mean, it's funny that they they aren't able to monetize um, the back end services because to me the consultive side. Um, is really valuable instead of just putting a body into a seat is they take the time to actually, you know, is this the right body for the right seat for the right time? Will this person grow into blah, 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 blah. As best you can. I mean, you never know. People are people. Right. But uh, But interesting. I think that
1: um, I guess it depends on what they want to do, but I I think I agree with you. They could monetize it, but it kind of takes them it's complimentary, but it takes them down a weird path too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, uh, if it becomes its own
0: revenue model, I don't know how, uh,
1: not that it's not genuine, mean,
0: but it's, I don't it's know. It's not the it same. Is, yeah. This yeah. is, this is done for the right reasons. Yeah, and yeah. I think I, I agree with you. And I think that's where it becomes really, and truly much more, that much more valuable, because I know that you're doing this for, I know you're doing this because you're hoping I'm going to come back 12 times and that, that's fine. That's business. And I'm all good with that. But I also know that you give a shit and I'm going to, I'm going to end up with the best possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. placement. So, I mean, if other firms aren't doing that, you know, not that we want to have Trevor's thing copied, but really, it's like a real estate agent, man. If all you're going to do is show me the house yeah, after yeah. I pick the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, what's the point yeah. of you? If I need yeah. to do paperwork, I'd rather just do it myself, yeah. get a notary to sign off. What, what the hell pay you for? Yeah, that's right. true. Provide the service. Yeah, that's true. So, anyway, it's it interesting. It was good
1: yeah it's Very pretty good well cool. I I realized halfway through this that I also know Trevor I'm sure you he do called on me for a little bit probably when you were at Target uh when I was at Target for the Roche and um, Roche for the, yeah for the diabetes stuff
0: it's been around a long time right like seriously yeah. it's been around I mean I, I did I think I yeah I'm I, I knew him from the yeah. early 2000s yeah it's kind of cool it's yeah. kind of cool how our got... paths go in and out funny eh small industry right and really, he moved the lift at that and he's still back into it. You never leave.
1: You can check out anytime you like. You can never exactly
0: leave. it's the Hotel California. Hotel CPG. Hotel that's really pathetic oh, and no. sad on a whole bunch of levels. Hotel that's CPG. okay. We'll just leave that one alone. That's all good. <laughs> we'll just say Phil, we'll just say Phil said that. Awesome, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, my friend. I yeah. gotta get on to a Thank call you. with Australia pretty quick here. So it's time to do Yeah. It. okay. Take care, buddy. Okay, we'll chat with you soon. I'm sure we'll chat with you before this weekend. I seem to have been talking to you every freaking day this week anyway. So.
1: Yeah, you got it. All good. Take All care, right. man. Ciao. See ya. Bye. Bye.